Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now so exciting welcome back to acts of pod the band's back together it's me gina on lead vocals i don't even have to tell you as you can hear i've got a funky bass behind me as always it's ann ann how are you doing hey i'm good glad to be here glad to have you and you know what i said we were gonna do an electric pop fusion and Cezanne brought out the mandolin and brought me to tears. <laughs> Two tears. She said, I want to try an automatic for the people. And I said, follow your heart. And she moved us to tears. Cezanne, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> All right. And that's what your mandolin said to me yeah. and my soul. That's kind All of right. a mandolin thing to say. Yeah. So we're all back together. The summer... It <laughs> was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Summer. It was what a bummer. <laughs> yeah. It was not a stunner. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't. It was it not so great. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a cruel summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was a cruel summer. It was. Bananarama yeah. nailed it this time. Oh, and Mark Bullen. <laughs> Um, so, but we are back and we have what I can only describe as a hell of a topic. <laughs> so, um, what we do here at Axopod, if you're a new listener, and I doubt it, <laughs> because <laughs> we only have... Highly 30, improbable. <laughs> highly improbable. But we love all 37 of you and thank you for coming back. But if you wander in here on accident, I'll let you know. What we started to do before we all accidentally walked into the hellscape where we live now, <laughs> uh, collectively, um, politically, is we would try to take a, a story that was popular in the news. And at this point, it's hard to choose one because, again, the world is on fire. Right. Um, figuratively, literally. Etc. But uh, there's yeah, like there the was Amazon. The Amazon, there you go. literally on right. There. I'm and just, I'm just like you're using literally in the correct in the way. literal sense of literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were validating me. Thank <laughs> you, Anne. In a weird way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, and I like that because that's what a bass player does. They support. <laughs> They support the vocalist. Well, they and lay I, the foundation. Sure. And I, and I felt that. 
Um, but yeah, and Amazon is going to come back in in a different way as well. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep keep an ear out for that later. <laughs> the word oh, of the day. So, yeah. Every time you hear Amazon say, uh. <laughs> okay, so with, there was a little there was a little news clip that that caught my eye, and it was uh oh here wait I put it I put it on my telephone so I could read it to to you guys. There was a lot of CEOs from some very oh okay wait on Axopod. We take a news story, we try to contextualize it historically so it makes more sense, and you can recognize patterns that have developed over time and um, essentially see it as for what it is. Which I, I think we, we like to say, same as it ever was, is kind of our yeah. thing that we've, we borrowed from David Byrne. Thank you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who we regard... <laughs> As a patron saint a, of the podcast? As a patron saint? I mean, obviously, I worship at the altar of Bowie, but there is no divided loyalty because Bowie was an early supporter of the Talking Heads. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to get into it. Our creative differences aren't going to split the band apart. I mean, they're not differences. They're complementary. I mean, right. a little bit, right? Wait, it's not going to happen again, okay? It I happened mean, 12 times <laughs> over the years. When you left me in Albuquerque and I had to hitchhike home. That's fine. <laughs> Albuquerque. Long ago. This is... Yeah. E- okay. All right. So here we go. So the CEOs of the Business Roundtable, they made an announcement the other day that... Um, what is the Business Roundtable, Gina? Oh, I, that's, so, that's silly of me. <laughs> There are different nonprofits that um, represent people with different interests. So if you're in construction, you get together and you talk about what's best for construction. Well, the CEOs didn't want to be left out. So they got together and they made their own little. Is uh, it, uh, is it classified what? as a nonprofit? Oh, you better believe. It's a really? nonprofit for profit for profit. <laughs> For pro- it's a nonprofit for, pro- for profiteers. Okay, for profiteers. That's great. Yeah, made up cool. solely of of the profiteeringest profiteers that ever That's profited. Right. Oh God. Right. Okay, this is great. And uh, yeah, and so they the their first meeting and and we'll get we'll establish this better when we talk about their their first meeting in 1972, which is the historical event that is going to contextualize this statement. Okay. But um, they got together. So this is like the, this is like the real money men, like the big CEOs, right? Like. (laughs) And women. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Like Bezos and Rockefeller. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, And Guggenheim. (laughs) (laughs) P.T. Barnum. Right. <laughs> and Lex Luthor and the Joker. There we go. There we go. Uh, okay. Uh, Richie Rich is dad. Um, okay. Who's the big okay. guy in Daredevil? That guy. Oh yeah, Mr. Daredevil, Vincent, <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, Bruce Wayne, the ghost of his father. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So, they released a renewed statement of purpose, which was, the document signed by 181 CEOs calls for companies to serve all stakeholders, not shareholders, that's important, by delivering value to customers, investing in employees, dealing fairly with suppliers, and supporting the communities <laughs> in which companies operate and protecting the environment. <laughs> it also offers a vague commitment to generate long-term value for shareholders. They just this sounds again, great. I'm I'm behind it. I'm all for it. Hey. Yeah, I'm like way so, to go. Yeah. Wow. Nice. You're going to change the oh, wow. world. I, I, I'm sorry. Under, unbelievable. I don't buy. Guys, I don't buy it. Is what I guys, have to say. They, wait, they why? promised. They promised. They put out a statement and they said they were going to do it. They put out a whole statement, Anne. <laughs> right. What What else do you need here? You know okay, what? So do you it remember real, earnest. real quick? Real quick. Do you remember nope. the the ads? It was. I think it was maybe early '90s. The Exxon ads. That were like showed the tiger going through like a recycled oh, yeah. construction tube or something. I don't know. Uh, it made no it sense. Sh- it rings a bell. It was like, look what we're doing for the environment. And our mascot's a tiger and we love tigers. And yeah. Like, yeah. What? No, I, I, I am glad you mentioned that because if you're like, wait a second, is this similar to when all the big tobacco executives met up once they started realizing people were catching on to the cancer thing? Or is it also similar to when all the energy people met up when people started realizing that there might be a climate problem a-brewing? Right. Oh, uh, 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 PR moves, PR moves. Damage control, damage control. Do you think that maybe when they started seeing that the entire world was protesting and they heard people, they saw the shadow of the guillotine, (laughs) that they thought, hey, why don't we release a statement before things get real bad? Do you think that, yeah, there's a trend. There's a trend. It's a bit of a trend. Bit of a trend. Yeah. They're noticing that the tides, they are a-changing. Are you guys saying that this is just some kind of lip service? No! <laughs> Cezanne. Are y'all trying to say that they're just trying to make themselves look good? Cezanne, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. I am, and in fact, I am offended by your cynicism. Uh, I, yeah. Well, I mean, is everybody else in all of media saying that? Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, they are. I think it would be helpful for us to look into this business roundtable. Did it? Yeah, it, it sounds like a really good organization with a lot of really strong values. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned oh, that. Oh, and it's a and nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. And so as it's, we so know, it's like, uh, you know, UNICEF or, you know, the. Okay, never mind. I was just going to rattle off nonprofits, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like I other mean, nonprofits. Name, name two other nonprofits. The. You really? Yeah. Okay. The uh, Southern. Wait. 
Yeah, and see, I knew it wasn't there, Ed. Shit. I knew it wasn't there. I Green, saw it in Okay, face. look, I'll go back to my... To, <laughs> no, to, it's okay. I'm going back, look, my... my Southern Poverty Law Center, yes, that's what that's you that's what I was going say. for. I was also going, okay, the Humane Society of America, ASPCA... Um, they were competing. The, they were competing for space. The International Protect the Wolf Fund. I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. There are several that just involve wolves. Oh no. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna put that on the website, <laughs> guys. <laughs> oh god. The okay. If you love red-tailed hawks. Oh Jesus. <laughs> protect the falconry. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't have a D in it. It doesn't. Oh God, that reminds me of another high school story. I'll get. No. I, <laughs> tell, and just it's tell it, and so, I'll cut it if it's. It's so embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> I I have to know now. So, uh, it was my essay for. Hmm, oh. What was it? The M- why Why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was no. It was a John. It was an essay. This is again. It, this is the. It might have. I think it might have been the year. It might have been the year after of the Charles Dickinson episode. <laughs> I think I know the story. Was, I, I know the story. It was yeah. It was a John Steinbeck book, and I think it was um, it might have been Cannery Row or something. Anyway, I I did a paper on the the imagery, and which uh-huh. I spelled I M A. D-R-Y throughout imagery the entire paper which was circled in red I mean was it handwritten? of course it was this was before computers computers. imagery imagery is is like like circled in red every single time like the teacher wasn't just like hey (laughs) check this one throughout she was like no She's no, like, hey, no, idiot, no, idiot, no. idiot, 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 idiot. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fuck you. Fuck you again. <laughs> oh. This red oh. pen's got plenty of ink for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and your Charles Dickinson and your imagery. <laughs> Uh, from what I remember, it was a strong paper. Oh, <laughs> horrible. If only she had just given it a little look-see before he turned it in. <laughs> okay, wait. We are where, in advanced program. Where does falconry come in? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's like a, It's a, like a phonological pattern in her brain at this it point. It is. It is. Okay. The dory. Okay. Dory. The, it's... It goes back to my hick roots, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. The 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 falcon the falconry was the predatory bird of your hillbilly shame. <laughs> Wait, predatory? <laughs> oh, see, it came to me. I I also have hillbilly shame. <laughs> predatory I, bird. Is predatory not a what did I say? You said predatory. <laughs> Uh oh! I heard it. We got the tapes. Well, hey, you know what? I love predatory birds. Okay. All right. No, I accept it, guys. I have again. I. You know what? You had predatory self confidence. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Wow. Right. Well, that was quite a tangent. Where the fuck were we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we haven't even started. Okie so. dokie. All right, let's get going. You know, oh, this is interesting because, um, like, I had a friend ask me earnestly if I, like, what conspiracy theory do I actually believe in? And I was like, well, I actually believe that there is a small cabal of people that make decisions that affect the outcome of the entire world. They've always existed through the guilds, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you why I believe that. Because (laughs) in 1972, there was a group uh, that was co-founded by Alcoa chairman John D. Harper. Solid, Uh, solid business. No problem. Yeah, I had to look that up. I I didn't realize it was the aluminum industry of the world. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I, th- I thought it was a douche. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I didn't know. I, I didn't. Know. Honestly, honestly, I didn't know either until I read it. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know aluminum company. Why Why would Why Why would I? Why would any of it? I mean, you know. They have a really strong environmental um, record. No background all, record. Yeah. yeah. They, they've only helped us. Yeah. Uh, General, General Electric CEO Fred Borch. Sure. Construction users and oh, it, it it was called the Construction Users Anti-Inflation Roundtable, mm. uh, and there was also retired U.S. Steel CEO Ro- Roger Blau. I wonder how old he was. Retired U.S. Steel, like so, was he around? Like, you know, I'm just imagining Monopoly. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did he there? have a monocle? I mean, the thing is, you're probably not too far <laughs> off. Um, and, uh, yeah, and the labor law study group merged. That's interesting. I wonder why they would need somebody who was who was proficient in labor law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder why CEOs of companies would be interested in um, labor laws. Here's my guess. I think it's because they wanted to make sure they were doing right by their laborers. You're right. right? Oh, of course. Well, that's how they want to get on the work. bad side of labor law. Well, oh, God, all you have so to right. do is look at slavery to know we've always been invested <laughs> in the worker. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there were, uh, they also <laughs> Keep had, it in. Um, Keep it in. <laughs> let's see. Um, who else? Irving Shapiro of DuPont, Clifford Garvin of Exxon. Oh my gosh, sounds like such a good party. Right. And so, okay. Now, guys, I'm going to read you this. And I know that because you're filthy, lefty commies, <laughs> you're going to see something sinister in this. And I, Gina, I don't like I have it. an open mind. Okay. That's the, I want you to keep an open mind because these guys were worried about inflation. Okay, it was a big deal yeah, in the seventies. It was. Well, it was really scary. Mm. It was scary then, and and you, it's not, maybe it's not a big deal now, but I I just remember how scary it was. Okay, <laughs> yeah, before right. you freak out. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I don't, I don't want your intrinsic. Patchouli, granola, lululemon. Oh, Ooh. no. That's a big corp. What could? Hatha Yoga, Subaru driving. Mazamiata owning. 
Okay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you and your boss, Demila, I will never understand. I said Why? it. I said it on purpose. Okay. I know. It's a callback. It, it's a callback. It doesn't mean it doesn't make me love it any less. It's a callback, guys. It's a callback. Callback. <laughs> Listen to the I don't the other know episode. if you know what that's called. It's a callback. <laughs> Oop. Business roundtable, and it's so. And this is a direct quote, guys. Okay, <laughs> it, the BRT—that's what they call it. The BRT, BRT, like, like Bell Biv DeVoe, like yeah. BBD. Uh, the BRT was established to give large corporations a stronger voice in lobbying U.S. government officials on business-related issues. Yeah, that's just what we needed. Sure, they didn't. They they weren't being listened to. That's right. And it has become the most influential U.S. business lobbying organization. Uh-huh. Within the BRT, task forces headed by CEOs are established to make policy recommendations on particular issues or areas such as corporate governance and to develop a plan of action to secure the recommendations implementation okay so yeah um so essentially um they uh here you know what i think would be interesting is would be what have they lobbied for with that based on that statement now what have they actually lobbied for you know what i mean i am glad that you asked that a robust regulatory system yeah um that's actually that's the the opposite of what um yeah um yeah it was um it was they they met informally to consider public policy issue the construction users anti-inflation roundtable was devoted to containing construction costs and the labor law study committee this is going to be interesting yeah was (laughs) Largely made up of labor relation executives of major companies, and uh, so essentially they were trying to, um, guys. I feel like they were trying to eliminate labor unions altogether. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, and if you've noticed, they've been pretty successful. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's been pretty well deregulated. And uh, we're also going to find that this was a starting point between a huge shift in how businesses worked because there was a, a managerial sort of economic. The Anne, is this where yeah. you're talking? No, no, I'm listening. No, I, I'm just sort of like setting up the the ball on the t-ball stand right oh, now i don't know what i'm supposed to hit i didn't want to i didn't want to like take over the conversation but like this was a sh- this was the sort of okay because uh we've talked about this sort of shift in the economy the post-war economy where we were doing oh, really oh, well okay. because like at this point we didn't really have any competition because post-war Europe was completely destroyed. So right. We were a manufacturing center, but then that right, began right, right. to change. Okay. As the world was I rebuilt. see where, I see where you're going. Okay. Right. 
And so the the concept of the company, they call it sort of managerial economics, which, and I am way oversimplifying this. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a, the reason they say it's a more positive way of looking at economics is because you have to sort of set objectives. It's a data-based economic. So it's like what you want to see happen in the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know... In, in some way you kind of have to impose like a positive outcome whereas if it's just a profit driven business okay you know, I don't know about does, this okay oh okay well, it doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you make a profit okay okay so yeah. are is this um, like uh, relatable to like ping pong tables in the google break room or something like I don't know. No. Well, no. This is like okay. the kind of like bottom line kind of like style, right? Where it's like this is this is this is what our goal is, and so if, if we have to st- we have to stay on budget, so we're gonna c- like cut all these jobs, or we don't care oh. if um, we don't care if our workers are working, you know, extra hours or whatever. We're gonna have fewer people doing more tasks right 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 for the same pay so that we can reach our growth goals or whatever make sense of this on my cbd oil um (laughs) is that like before because there we did have a much more highly regulated business landscape before reagan Okay. Yes. So. Oh well, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, it like it certainly during the New Deal and when you know there was a much highly regular, and so like during the sort of like managerial economics, it was like you were each part of, and this is the difference between stakeholder and shareholder. So you're talking about the community, the employee, the business itself, the building. So you have objectives for each of those things Uh and you, and you look at the data and you try to meet objectives for all of those things, not just how much money are we making and how can we, how can we streamline? Right. Like, so it doesn't matter if the buildings are like, And this is like even you can apply this even to state governments like the schools are falling apart. The roads are falling apart. You know, it's like if you're if you're running a for like running a for profit budget, you know, that's why you have to sort of determine what are your goals in a situation, because if it's always to turn a bigger profit, there is a price to be paid. Right. Right. Like your roads are going to fall apart. Your school, the building is going to fall apart. Right. But if but if you take into account like. No, part of our budget is going to be we're going to try to run this as efficiently as possible. So we're going to make sure that the employees are get like the best training or both, you know, whatever, whatever right, it is. Right, right. But there was a shift in 1972 where they said rather than and this was sort of and this is when Milton Friedman became right. really popular and he said that the natural state of a business the way that it runs most efficiently is according to the free market and making as much money as you can and then once you get that money you can use it to the you know right. to do what whatever you want whatever sure. you think is best for the business um, yeah. here's the problem um, that's what an asshole would do. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so what we've seen in the past 40 years 
is what happens when you ask assholes what to do with money. Right. Um, <laughs> and there's consequences to be paid for that. Right. Um, because uh, what they actually do with that money is they pay themselves. Right, they keep it. They hoard it like a dragon. <laughs> they hoard it like a dragon. Like a dragon sitting on his treasure. And then they also buy back as much stock to make their company more valuable to make themselves more money. Right. Isn't that illegal, though? Ooh, Anne! I am so glad you asked! (laughs) Little side note, the only... My only knowledge of what you're talking about at this moment, it comes from the Law & Order episode. (laughs) Excellent. uh, Criminal Intent, where it's the stock company it's called like uh knob hill or something well it's a whiskey but it's not bad never mind no i, I but criminal fact, intent is the one with vincent, with D'Onofrio, vincent D'Onofrio, right? yes it is it is okay and i i want to know second time he's come up in this podcast <laughs> yeah. the universe is telling us something and i want to know more about knob hill what did they do <laughs> yeah, no but it, no it involves like shareholders oh getting a collar they hire somebody to buy stocks or sell stocks so it's not them doing it but they're still illegal i don't know god <laughs> what okay. one order gotcha. in the hour did not explain it fully to my understanding so you're saying to me Gina, what does it matter? So they decided to be assholes. How, how does that impact anything? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because once they got together, and, and this is where I honestly... Oh, am, wait. You haven't answered the question, was that legal? That's oh, what yeah, that's, to do. That, right. that's what I'm doing at the moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you haven't answered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay. (laughs) Hey, Gina, update. I know you started a sentence, and maybe you're answering the question. (laughs) Well, you haven't finished it yet. (laughs) Update. You haven't finished the sentence. (laughs) Could you be answering the question in that sentence? I don't know. I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) Tuxedo Hill! Oh, oh, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Oh, God. What is wrong with me? Okay. Okay. And this this is why I honestly admire the, like, conservative groups, because... Well, I, you know what? I don't even know if they're conservative. I, is Lex Luthor conservative? I don't know. It's like next level. Yeah, just like crazy town. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like in the same way I, you know, when we talked about like Smedley Butler and we talked about how like business interests tend to like really embrace fascism. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they, they, they really embrace Republicans and conservative, uh, just like it's happening now. So it, they waited till Reagan got elected, and they just went nutballs. <laughs> so in 1982, Reagan created the Rule 10B-18, which provides a safe harbor for companies in stock buybacks. 
as long as companies stick to specific parameters, such mm. as not buying more than 25%. Uh, oh. I don't know. Stock. I don't know. That sounds like regulation to me. And I don't like it. Well, I know. <laughs> of the stock's average daily trading volume in a single day. <laughs> what? In one day? That's the in rule? In one day. That's the rule. Yeah, and I, you, guess rule. what? I'm sure there's a lot of policing of that going on. Because as we know, the, the prisons are full of... Uh, <laughs> fucking billionaire white men so <laughs> oh i don't know if you know this but it's only stealing if you steal from people that have more money than you yeah. not less <laughs> right. Right, right, yeah. right right breaking yeah. news <laughs> that's the rule of thumb in stealing Right. So if it's more than 24%, that would be stock manipulation and that's bad. Right. But if it's under then that's fine. Oh, man. You know what? I need to find a clip of Vincent D'Onofrio going after the guy in Tuxedo Hill episode. That's because exactly he yells, he's what like, you need to do. What you did with stocks, blah, blah, blah. And, like, <laughs> he's so mad. And, like, what he has... did with stocks. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he really breaks it down and, like, uh, has this righteous anger towards the stockholder. And yeah, he's like, no, he don't not arrest like me. It don't when arrest people me. commit crime. <laughs> what you did um, and guys I, I, I just want to read you a little something now as you may know um, you know CEOs it used to be frowned upon for them to earn uh, an, an extraordinary amount of money in comparison to their workers because you know, they wanted to look like they were part of the team. And uh, also... Really? When was it, this? It was, I don't know. It was regulated. Okay. It was regulated. Okay. Um, right. So, okay. Uh, when you're talking about a, a business that is geared to making a profit for the shareholder alone and the person that's determining their own salary at what point are they going to say you know what i'm not going to give myself a couple more million this year like th yeah. that's never they're never incentivized not to do that right. but gina but gina but gina but gina what, what? they what? earned that money that, they yeah. were the ones that were willing to just step on the backs of their workers without a second thought I mean, That's it's true. hard having zero conscience. That's right. Isn't it? Like, it's work. That's right. To just grab That's all you can without regard for anyone around you. That's right. And, pu and pulling up the ladder behind you, it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got there first. That's right. And you pull up the ladder behind you. And you kick the next person in the face, <laughs> even if it's a woman that is more qualified than you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But I think you'll be interested to find out that um, over the uh, past 15 years or so, firms have spent an estimated 94% of corporate profits on buybacks and dividends. Oh, Oh, so, I mean, 
Once again, That's highly sweet. recommend Tuxedo Hell episode of Law <laughs> Criminal Intent. <laughs> this is and right on the money. If you're curious if that um, 94 to 95% shows up anywhere else, that's exactly the percentage um, that was spent on uh, on buybacks with the tax savings from the new tax bill. Oh. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Right. So if that I had love, actually... I love numbers. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Yeah. Now, if it had gone into the middle class, um, then... It would be in the economy, and people could buy stuff with it. We could at least we could all have you know, uh, crunchy Dorito tacos and flat screen TVs, inflatable pools, sure, (laughs) inflatable pools, yeah, inline skates, um, used cars, new pagers. New pagers, <laughs> Cindy Crawford workout VHSs, <laughs> Mazda Miatas, yes, Die yes. Masters, <laughs> Walkmans, <laughs> um, Snow Informer singles. Um, <laughs> God, more Zima than you can drink. Um, Uh, Clear Pepsi. (laughs) Bracelets. Basically, hypercolor (laughs) T-shirts. So many Snapple lids. So many quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh God. Clearly Canadian. Oh, uh, LA looks hair gel. Um, <laughs> petite nate. Um, oh my god! Oh god! Going so that is amazing. Electric petite. youth. Um, <laughs> oh god! Oh god! I re- oh no! I'm not telling you. Body bell. My lips are chapped. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pump it over Reebok. <laughs> now, now you need to work two or three jobs as an independent contractor just to get one tapestry vest. <laughs> oh one pair of, of striped jabos. <laughs> oh, God, my, my tapestry skirt from Express. I'll never oh forget God. you. I'll never forget you, Tapestry Vest. Oh, God. What was that about? Weird. Oh, <sighs> I was so into it. Oh, oh, I wore it like, I was like, well, you know, I can't wear it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, oh. You're okay. going to want more than one vest. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a men's casual wear vest. <laughs> made of the finest rayon polyester blend. <laughs> How many vests suit you the best? (laughs) Ill-fitting and ugly. (laughs) Hey, are are you a developing prebubescent? (laughs) You're going to appreciate this fashion trend. (laughs) 
Are you ashamed of your body? Do you sweat quite a bit? <laughs> what do you throw on this tapestry, Les? Do you sweat quite a bit? Do you, yeah. Do you live in Texas? Did you go back to school shopping and everything was long sleeve jackets? <laughs> like, no, I'm going to sweat yeah. through it. Just sweat on through it. You'll do get we the best deals. To cover <laughs> your chest because you're ashamed. <laughs> your boobs are way too big. You've got something to give, but you're only 12. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine is the opposite. Perm your hair. I'm never gonna have any boobs. <laughs> so put a tapestry vest across them. <laughs> Either way, we're here to help. <laughs> I can read apples. <laughs> Nobody will know that you aren't wearing a bra. <laughs> With a thick tapestry vest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't light a match because it's 100% flammable. <laughs> Like, like our economy. Yes. Circle back. Circle yeah. back. So what we di- what we didn't recognize is that there was an organized, coordinated. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but it was a corporatization of our laws that were they would say it was business friendly sure. and the way that it was pitched to us the public was that what's good for the goose is good for the gander so if business flourishes we're all gonna flourish a high tide rise like raises all boats right except it's oh, yeah, the all that money is going to trickle down no it's the right. li- it's the lie of capitalism so when the um the the gap between who has all the money goes it all goes to to a very few people that means lots and lots of people don't have any money then when lots and lots of people don't have any money or just not enough money or not as much money that you have shrinking middle class well yeah yeah and if like if the middle class doesn't have any money i mean other than them being upset about it what else can happen like like i mean they're unhappy they but they can't spend like put it back into the economy exactly okay. <laughs> yeah like there's a consequence yes. to give, be paid there is your money they can't do well, it indefinitely well there when when rich people are just hoarding money it takes money out of the economy so it shrinks the economy essentially is that what we're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's what I mean by the berserker phase, because, like, that's when serial killers get caught. They get overconfident. Right. And they well, make mistakes. it's chaos, right? It starts... It's, it's chaos. It, it causes chaos, and the chaos causes uncertainty, and then the uncertainty is what gets everything all fucked up. You know, and this, this, this uh, could get us back to circling back to what's going on right now and like there was an article about i mean i don't know how true this is but about the well the article you sent about business 
opposing the de- deregulations of the current administration. Yeah, exactly. Because even and... though it's like, um, oh, well, you think, yeah, yeah, of course they all want deregulation. So this statement that they put out recently is sort of a, that we, you know, that we started the episode Well, well, well Trump lashed out and was like, oh, you, you you know, I don't know what he said. Like P word, corporate CEOs, right? Well, P word. The reason they for- put out this statement in the first place <laughs> was because this berserker phase is unsustainable, and right. they realized that. So, right, they're like actually businesses like, businesses like status quo. They're like, oh, are we still making billions? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, no, but they're like, we can't continue to do this because eventually it's gonna. Like the end result of this is a cr- is a major crash. Well, and also right. when you start deregulating, like throwing all this chaos into the capitalist like scheme, I guess. Well, because no. business you, business people have to be able to plan for the future, and exactly. if the future is as uncertain as it is when there is such an intense state of deregulation and like a free for all yeah. of money hoarding and profiteering and what have you, then you can't plan for the future. So right. people are getting scared. Like th- those profiteers are like, Oh, wait a minute. We're reaching the end of the line here. Yeah. Let's they're like, what, the are, brakes, what are we going to put on our PowerPoints? Question marks. Yeah. We well, need graphs. There are, there are people that are like legitimately bad actors, you right. know, that, that have even less ethics than they do that they're like, we we can't account for them. Like they're actually pouring lead into baby bottles. Like right, right, you right, know, right. it's so so it's like you know, it's like the you know it, and Anne, I hate to bring you up on this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What no what what you're referencing is when y'all would pull me aside and be like, Look, we're gonna pretend that this is happening so we can get away from that person or situation. <laughs> we you we need you to not act confused and shocked like <laughs> right. play along please like yeah. right. wait what we're not going anywhere what do you mean <laughs> yeah exactly it's like we feel like our lives are in danger and that person is a predator and so if you could just for once <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's so it, like this administration is just like, oh, wink, wink, nod, nod. We get you. And they're like, oh, guys, do whatever you like. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like you, we can't we don't want people to actually do that. Like we still have to have like a stable know, market. Yeah. A stable market. Like they, there has to be some parameters in place. Well, like, they're like, we would like to continue making billions and billions of dollars in perpetuity. Right. But this, what you're doing, is just absolutely off the off the charts, bananas, and it's not sustainable. And like, and so so all this deregulation makes it so that the people who profit the most are the people who are willing to do the worst things ever. Right, and the yeah. other problem is is that when the middle or working classes, when they don't have money to spend, they they can't. You can't make money off of people who can't buy things. Right. So, you know, like, there are parts of the market that aren't affected, but there are other huge parts of the market that, like, you're, they're not 
putting money away into retirement because they don't have it. Like baby boomers, for example, they can't sell their houses because there's no one to sell them to because everybody that would buy a house that's starting a family is already in $81,000 in student loan right, debt. Because, right. And by the way, check that uh, episode out if you <laughs> haven't already heard it um, because it's genius like every other episode we do uh, but like every episode you probably already have heard it because only 37 people have so thank <laughs> you know because they're loyal yeah well that is true and i appreciate that honestly thank you i don't honestly i don't know why you do it but i in my heart i feel genuine love yeah. for you i do I do. I, Thank you. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but that's the problem. So, what we're talking about here is that if we, we if we had to wrap this up, and I know this narrative was a bit scattered, I feel like it was a jazzy episode. It was. You pull it all together. You're gonna pull it all together. It was. Well, you know, you know what I feel like the episode. You know what I feel like the episode was. Yeah, tell me. I feel like it was a succulent gumbo. I feel like it was on the fire and it was a complex flavor that built over time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I put that celery onion and carrot the day off. Did I ask you this before? I don't remember. You can cut it out if I already asked you this. But did you, wa- did you watch the PBS Cajun Chef? Remember that guy? Uh-huh. Yes, we did. That's a hundred percent who we're imitating <laughs> <Okay>. right now. <laughs> that is, in fact, the reference. Have you ever seen the person you're imitating? <laughs> I, in fact, That's the I'm, one. I, I am scared to think who you thought I was trying to imitate. Just who Cajun, I, Cajun accent. Just Cajuns in general. It's a general Cajun accent. I don't know. Look, well, I mean, cut I guess. Just I cut guess. it. Just cut it. Just cut no, it. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'll get on tea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I what I what I am imitating <laughs> is a nine-year-old Gina, right? Who yeah. who was imitating the Cajun right. chef? No, right. exactly. That's what. Yeah. To your it cousin's came on. benefit. Right. 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 So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I started with was a rule of the business yeah. round table. Yeah, it's like... And then I, I stirred it, and I... You know what I did? You know what I did? Those dirty, filthy businessmen. <laughs> Who put their fingers in there? They put their filthy <laughs> fingers in fat fingers. <laughs> and I tried to put the Andouille sausage of justice in there. And I tried to put the poor, the succulent pork. <laughs> and they just wanted to put the inner income in the quality. And they were rising down. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I said, no mercy, no. <laughs> no mercy. No, my friend, no. <laughs> oh, God. Lizzie Bartarulo, away from uh, here. My, my name is Jacques oh De Fontaine. <laughs> wow. No, my friend, no. <laughs> not any. Not, not you. 
Mon frère. Ah, <laughs> uh, so this succulent gumbo. This succulent gumbo of incoming and quality. Yes, stops here. It stops now, my brothers. Because I and I am glad that we brought up gumbo because we have to get <laughs> French about this. Um, are you saying we need here, to bring out the the guillotine? Yes, I am. <laughs> the solution is, guys, please just vote for candidates who are going to regulate this shit. Yeah. So they so. So we can tax these businesses. We can build up the middle class. End yep. of story. Yep. End of story. That's it. Yeah. That's what you, you don't do. have to like them that much, right? No. You don't have to. Li- you don't have to love them. It's going to take a lot more than a bunch of corporate CEOs tinkering around the ed- outside edges of the crisis that is U.S. style capitalism. So yeah, we you should know, probably cite that article. That's the thing. I will. There, it, there is no workable solution in the current system. Like that's just that's the problem. I mean, it, it, we have there's a there's a fundamental overhaul that has to be done. But I well, that's why is, you know when people say like you know down with capitalism or whatever, it's <laughs> that's why they, that's why they're saying it. It's not yeah. because they're like crazy radicals. It's because like just like you have to smash the patriarchy. Right, (laughs) you really do kind of have to like smash capitalism to to a certain degree. Yeah, right. And it's not. I I mean, the thing of it is, is that it's not like where you you have to adopt. You just have to regulate. You have to regulate against people's basis instincts. Don't ask the asshole in the room how to run things, all right? Because right. I promise you the outcome isn't going to be great. Yeah. You, in fact, what you should do is let – you should find the asshole in the room and then ask him, what would you do here? And the then, And then uh, – like legislate around everything he says. Yeah. Like you know, that's what I would do. Well, but, yeah. Uh, I hear But yeah, that's the thing. You just need to regulate pretty heavily, but you know, and and try to get money out of politics. But I think that everybody's sort of waking up to that reality now. That. Uh, what I mean, I think everybody is literal stretch, but I think yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we're hurting. I mean, people are hurting. Like, a lot of people are hurting. Like, yeah. if it, I tell you what, a red apple cell won't get you any <laughs> savings on this shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't. And, I mean, if if you should find yourself getting sick at a red apple cell, <laughs> you're not, it, it doesn't matter how much you uh, how much you save on that bulletproof backpack. You might go bankrupt from a medical bill. So, you know. But just just pay attention to the elections, guys, and Please do. good luck. Yeah. Good luck, fuckers. <laughs> good luck, fuckers. We're doing fine. We have a bunker. <laughs> oh, we have a bunker full of chunky stew. Did you more? Beef stew. <laughs> Full of what? <laughs> Chunky stew. What is that? Or as they call it in Louisiana, <laughs> a succulent gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we nailed it. Yeah, nailed definitely. It. Once yeah. again, one hello. for the books. 
I mean, I, I get how we're not up for awards, <laughs> Mr. Pulitzer. Where are you? We're waiting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. All right. So All right. do we need to say goodbye? Is that what we're doing? Or should you just stop? You just... All right. Well, I'm going to do my signature. <laughs> goodbye now. <laughs> Bye everybody. Find us on Instagram. <laughs> Your training days are over, Mr. Crawley. No, no! Look, you're gonna need me! And what can you offer to make up for the misery you prepared to wreak on thousands of people who trusted you? What fanatics do to us with guns and bombs you tried to do without a counting trick? Don't you think?